You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast following a hard-fought third period that came up oh so close but oh so short. I'm Ross Levitan. With me as always, Brandon Piller and a recurring guest on the postcast. It's Laleem's Martian. Pilsy, let's pick up where the Senators left off. Four goals in the third period. Oh, they came so close to another it was 5-1. I know it would have been great up against another Ross. We said today our two hated teams are Toronto and Pittsburgh. So to have two, it was 5-1 comebacks up against those teams would be great. And you know what? The result isn't what you want, but this is definitely one of those games, guys, where the process was there. Sure, they couldn't quite get it done, but what an effort in the third. And it's becoming a trend now where the third period is uh, there's some light at the end of the tunnel now. It's not like, oh, God, they're not going to get anything done here. This game's pretty much done already. So that in itself is great. And there's a lot of positives here, even in a 6-4 loss. Martian, what's your number one positive after tonight's game? The fight. The boys came out ready to go at the end of the game there when they were losing. They, you know, they, they turned things around really quickly. I love to see the the comeback effort out of them. They really, uh, you know, they turned it on at the end of the third period to try to make the comeback complete. But uh, I love to see the fight out of Kachuk. I love to see the, you know, bloody Norris coming out at the end of the game, uh, trying to get back on the ice after he's so bloodied up that he can't even... Uh, you know, get on the ice because he's so bloody. What happened to the rule where you can't have blood on your jersey and and then get on the <laughs> ice? Because that one went out the window, I yeah, guess. He eh? With him, he had splatter all over the top of the crest. Yeah, he certainly did, and he was coming right out of his nose, chin. I didn't really see what happened. It almost looked like, in a sense, that DeSmith kind of like shoved his head into the ice after he fell because it didn't look like a stick got him on the way down we're talking about when the senators had an empty net it was 5-4 at the time they're pressing the shot comes and this was a big boy captain shift from Brady Kachuk yeah. the minute 35 second shift although the play we're talking about ended up in in a goal the other way but the shift <laughs> before that was a minute and a half of Brady Kachuk dominating down low he had a couple of his favorite little jam plays right out front and then absolutely demolished uh, who do you guys remember who it was? It was it Chad Ruwiel. It was somebody coming up on the left side. It was in the exact same spot on the ice. I tweeted this out at Send Central where Dion Phaneuf obliterated Brian Rust in that playoff series. I'm not sure who it was. It yeah, was a big it, hit though. It, it was a big hit. And the best part about that, Ross, is he was about to go on the bench and then he's like, nah, I better finish this check real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> he really finished it. Like just and like you mentioned, that's a minute and a half shift. Like, really, like just get off here. But that's that's the kind of fire and passion he has. And that's when people are saying Brady brings these guys into the battle. That's exhibit A. Like, I'm done my shift, still gonna finish my check. The boys are just getting going right now on the postcast. And if you miss any of it, you can find it wherever you download your audio podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube. Catch the boys after every Ottawa Senators game. It's the uncut, unsolicited version of Locked On Senators. And how about J Joe Bell pointing out, and I know, Martian, you tweeted this out as well. Dave Poulin, they're talking sense prospects, the future. And we get a K-Train name drop from Pooley, my boy. That was sick in itself. Hey, eh? Pilsy, did you catch that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And hey, get a guest on this show. We love uh, Pooley and having him on the broadcast. So uh, K-Train shout out is uh, always welcomed on this show. Love it. I'm going to text him tomorrow because he's he was one of the best guys yeah. to me when I was at TSN. Like you, you say dude. like 
some guys, you know, are, are a little bit high and mighty, not to name any names, but guys like Dave Poulin just made it so much fun to come in every day. So I won't stand for any slander. And to drop the nickname that we gave Tyler Clevin, that's an absolute A-plus move from Dave Poulin. A-plus comeback effort from the Ottawa Senators. We've got our Sen Central standouts to get to. But to lead into that, maybe, Martian, walk us through that Brady Kachuk tilt at the end of the game. You said the boys were fighting. Well, that was the exclamation punch at the end of that sentence. That was. That was a total ass kicking. He, uh, I guess he didn't. Uh, who, who was it? Marino did. John really Marino. Like, he didn't, didn't check really the like game the run notes. That Brady kind of took at him there. And there was a couple quick cross checks. And then Brady's not going to back down from this guy. He's oh. like, let's go then. And sure enough, he obliges. And I bet you he regrets doing so because. Brady threw a couple of rights and then he switched to the left hand and they took him down with three quick ones. So it was a, it was a hell of a fight from Brady. I love to see that man strength come out. It's like, wake up rest of the Eastern conference. This guy, check the game notes. He's going to knock you down. If you, if you end up dropping the miss with them and that's two games in a row. Yeah, He's not True. slowing down yeah. anytime soon either. Right. It's like, well, he's almost in the top of the league for fighting majors. We looked it up. What was it? He's got, yeah, he's, he's tied for third. Now. There's a bunch of guys with five, but there's only five players with more including our boy, Mark Borowiecki. But we know Boro, he, he'll fight because he has to, but he doesn't necessarily love doing it. I'm Whereas surprised Brady, people still want to go with him too. Well, how do people still want to go with Zidane Chera? That's a story oh. for another day, but he just absolutely demolished Zach McEwen the other night, who Brady's fought twice. No yep. surprise. And I love Justin Pru's comment right now. Yeah, playoff, playoff Brady, Brady. Mm-hmm. it's going to be such a treat. How about playoff Formanton? That's how we're going to lead into our Central standouts tonight. And I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to go first. And I knew Pilsy was going to take him because Pilsy's all over for me from day one of training camp till he came on our show. And if anyone's listening and hasn't heard our interview with him, what an absolute beauty Alex Formanton is. You can find that on our YouTube channel. But the goal to come back in this game, I thought he was done for the night after taking a slap shot right off the boot, and he comes out and has himself a hell of a third period. So I think we need some some stick taps for Alex Formanton, who stays red hot. Does that extend a point streak? I know that he's got a ton recently. No, I didn't have any against Buffalo. That's unfortunate because he had a pair of multi-point games in Alberta. So you're still looking at a situation where he's now got uh, five points in his last four games, and the offense continues to roll for Alex Formanton. And Oh, he was so close on that penalty shot. You know, maybe maybe he would have just taken the two minutes instead at that point because we know for me he can get those chances, but they don't always go in for him yet at this stage of his career. But still great effort to separate himself from the defender and go in on, on the breakaway, ultimately penalty shot. So I need some stick taps there for Alex Formanton. Uh, Pillsy, we'll go with you next. Who are you taking second? Unless you got something on for me? Nope. All right. <laughs> He's waving nothing, my hands no, around, I guess. Nothing from Martian. Uh, Let's well, do stick taps. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. um, just quickly on forming for me, because, yeah, you did take my guy, and uh, you deserve to go first this time, so I'm not too upset, and it's a great, great Sense Central stand-up. But what I've loved about Formy lately, too, is he's found a way to pass and make a breakaway for himself. Like, did you see that play where he chipped it off the boards and then created a breakaway for himself? That might have even been the penalty shot play. Um, but he's just able to do like, he's so smart with it and he protects the puck when he's going on a breakaway. And it seems like, honestly, it's better for him just to, 
he gets a call every time he gets a breakaway. It's it's crazy. Not always a penalty shot, but he's he's creating chaos, that's for sure. So love what he's been up to lately. And I'm going to go with the easy one. We've already kind of really chalked it up, but Brady Kachuk just had an incredible game for me. Like, not only that fight, guys, but nine shots on goal, five hits, a takeaway, uh, 88% in the face-offs. I'm, I'm not sure how many face-offs he took, probably not too many, but like... Just all around, this guy shows you Liam's Martian captain shit right there. Like he's he's yeah. the kind of guy where everybody just looks to him, and he's he's such a leader, and he does it all over the ice. So Brady Kachuk just had an incredible game in my eyes. Brady was seven for eight in the dot. So wow, that's you know, a lot like more face offs than I thought. Too. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, seven for eight in the dot. And what I loved about some of those shots. You could say they're low percentage shots that came from the half wall closer to the blue line, but they were in situations in the game where you needed offensive zone possession and offensive zone face-off. So if it was at the end of the shift, he'd throw one on net, make sure to Smith had to freeze it. Next thing you know, they get another opportunity. So I thought that it was calculated, albeit low percentage shots. Great call on Brady Kachuk. Martian, who you got? So we all took each other's guy tonight because I was definitely going to take Brady Kachuk. That was 100% going to be my pick. And I thought for sure you guys were going to let me go second being the guest of the show here. But that's okay. I got to back up as third here. Um, I got to go again. And it's the second time me picking this guy as my standout. It's Eric Brandstrom. Nice. I like that. Guys, career high, I believe, in time on ice tonight. And it completely showed the trust of DJ Smith with letting him, like, you know, have a bit of a longer leash is paying huge dividends right now, right? Because you can tell he's not playing like he's afraid to make a mistake. And when, you know, you have a young defenseman who's afraid to make a mistake, we all know that as soon as that starts happening, things start going poorly for him. He's, he's going to start performing poorly. And then the, the coach is going to cut back the ice time. The confidence is going to go away. And he's not going to be able to do his thing, especially for a guy like who's offensive, like Eric Brandstrom. So I was really happy that DJ let him have the longer leash. And he really showed that what he can do with a little bit more ice time here. Jake Sanderson is going to be fighting for ice time when he gets to Ottawa, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you heard it here first. Good problems. Now, Eric Brantrum still hasn't reached the level of Thomas Shabbat, who played half of the second and third period. He played 10.03 in the second, 10.02 in the third. But when they made their comeback effort, Eric Brantrum right there playing nine minutes and nine seconds of the final 20 minutes in this game and found his way onto the score sheet as well. That's where point of the season. It's when it went from pipe dream to officially a comeback effort when they made it five, four, right? You bring it to one goal. You're feeling good about themselves. And it was a face off play too, which I really like to see. How about that though? First point of the season, Pillsy. That's right too. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And what I want to comment on this play too is Branstrom gets completely taken down by Crosby. I mean, this is the the veteran star player effect. The ref doesn't call that. Okay, last year's Branstrom, I think, would have just stayed down, tried to really milk that call, really try to get it. Doesn't happen. He fires himself right back into the play, heads towards the net, and then uh, sends it over to Norris, who finishes off the play like, I just feel like Branstrom is playing scrappy lately. Like he's, Yeah, so many times where he's just jumping right into the he's play. He's tenacious like out you there. Know, yeah, yeah, you notice him. I love, like, I see Shabrani here in the uh, in the comments. How about yeah. Brownstrom? 
that was mine, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. the, and you guys like to talk about the yin and yang all the time. Well, how about that? You couldn't get further from yin and yang than those two guys. That's a little right? too much <laughs> yang for me there, though, Martian. <laughs> yeah, is that what he is? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brandstrom, yeah, he just had an incredible, incredible game. And yep. Mike's right. Mike uh, is pointing out that it was Jari. I think I said to Smith. But, yeah, it was uh, Tristan Jari and Ned. I don't know how I feel about the all-black setup as an aside, as a goalie-friendly show. I'm yeah, more of I a white with it. a little team color as well. But I do think those Pittsburgh unis are sharp as much as oh. I absolutely hate <laughs> the players wearing them. Now, my locked-on player today on locked-on Senators was Josh Norris. I want to see how he would do up against Sidney Crosby. And what do he do? Two goals, six shots on goal. So if you put this together, the top line, Brady Kachuk had nine shots. Josh Norris had six. That's 15, math guy. And then <laughs> Drake Batherson had another four. So that's just unbelievable. 15 shots on goal for, or sorry, that's just the two of them. 19 Thank shots you. on goal total for those three guys. You're looking at usually that ends up in a win. Ottawa had 44 shots against Buffalo. 43 shots tonight. Yep. They win the faceoff battle, but they go 0 for 3 on the power play. So that's an unfortunate uh, glitch because the power play has been solid of late. Now, uh, quickly, just for people, if you're listening to this on your car ride to work or whatever, you just want this quick scoring summary. So Drake Batherson, I'll just do the sends because who cares about the Penguins? The Penguins made it 1-0, and when they score first, they're tough to beat, whereas Ottawa only has three wins. When they allow the first goal in the game, they allow more than they should. But Drake Batherson's 12th of the season, assist by Nick Holden, tied the game at one. And then after the Penguins scored the second and third goal, so they go into the uh, dressing room with a 3-1 lead. They come out for the second. Crosby gets a power play goal. And then Matheson adds his second of the game. So it's 5-1 after two periods. What did DJ Smith say? What do you think he said? Great, great aside, Pilsy. What do you think was said in the second intermission? Because I was ready to go do the postcast. I, we were going to talk about Matt Murray getting an ovation and whether he should have been at the arena, all that. And then next thing you know, holy, we got an absolute game on our hands here. As soon as Stutzla scored a minute 45 into the period, and then Josh Norris three minutes into the period. So it's not like it took long. Yes. Karma Pills, he finally misses the mute button. Oh, Here we go. <laughs> I deserve that. That's deserve usually that. me. For a second, I don't know. Yeah. That's usually me. Um, I think if I'm DJ Smith in that intermission, first I'm turning my mic on so the guys can hear me, and then I'm telling them, look. We just need um, we need to go back to how we were playing in the first period because that first period, 22 shots, they were dominating. They're playing physical. Sure, the Penguins were able to score uh, more often. They got really uh, lucky and capitalized on opportunities, but the Sens were dominating play. So I think that really helped. And uh, getting a quick goal from Timmy, those momentum goals, like we talk about, that sparks a big bunch of confidence for the boys. Kevin giving it to you as well. Mix in the unmute <laughs> button there. Um, and we got to get in as well. Uh, a very strange play. Have you ever seen this before where a goalie lets in a bad <laughs> yeah. goal, he gets pulled, but then the team challenges it and the goal comes back. So ultimately, Anton Forsberg has two goals on eight shots, but it may as well have been three on nine because that third one was the worst one of the three that he let in. It goes off his own stick. 
and right past him. Leems, what was as the goalie on this show, right? I mean, <laughs> well, geez. you guys are actually the you guys are the goalies. On yeah, the show. you just I play one on Twitter. Play goalie. <laughs> it doesn't take a goalie to know that that stick positioning was fucked up. Yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> brutal. He had his sticking out the front like that. It, it it deflected right through his own legs. So um, that's not what you want to see out of, out of your stick positioning as a goaltender, obviously, right? So. Um, that is a bad goal, no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Really lucky for the entire team that they were able to have that one called back on the offside. But of course, the hockey gods took it right away from us again with them scoring immediately after. I know. So, oh. so that was a power play goal. Ultimately, both of them were the one that was called back. But Pilsy, after that goal's called back, do you for a split second think about putting Forsberg back in? Or when you make that decision, it's over? Not for a split second. Yeah. yeah, as as a goalie, I don't think you can diss a guy more than pulling him and then being like, <laughs> "Actually, get back out there!" Like his head's got to be out of it. By his now, head right? is yeah. done. He's he's he wasn't even in the tunnel. Out. He was all the way down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His mind was in the parking lot. His body was in. The tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like Forsberg, man, this guy he had to jump into the game quickly in Buffalo. He doesn't get off to a good start here. And Martian, you know what that stick positioning reminds me of? As a house league goalie, that's something I would do. That's someone who doesn't trust their defenders to break stop, up that that cross-size pass. Exactly. So that's what's going on with Forsberg. And I think um, you talked about it. That could be Zach Burke being like, look, Forsberg is not confident and he doesn't trust his guys right now. Like, why else are you fully putting your paddle out and you're exposing your five hole and then you end up scoring on yourself with that play. So I think that was definitely the right call. It wasn't Forsberg's night. And we talked about it on the pod, Ross. They, they should have given this one to Gus right off the get-go. Yeah, I thought so too. And Gus ultimately yeah. makes 23 saves on 26 shots. Not so much of a shiny save percentage or anything, but he had a few huge saves yep. during he that did. comeback effort in the third period. Most notably for me was on Sidney Crosby on the – the yeah. two-on-one play went over to yeah. him. And he slid. He stayed with him the whole time. And I thought that was a, a very calm, collective save that gives his team confidence. So I thought Gus played fantastic in the second half of the game. And it's hard to do when you get thrown into a play where you're going up against Malkin and Crosby and Latang on a shorthanded situation the second that you come off the bench cold. And that brings me yeah. to the fact that he was the one backing up. DJ Smith saying today, we're going to see if Matt Murray is able to back up in this game. What does that mean, Pilsy? I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's uh, such a terrible mindset. Like, if you're not able to start a game, then you're not able to back up. And we got the perfect example. Gustafson, the backup, goes into the game in the first period. Plays longer, exactly. Most of the game. So imagine Matt Murray was okay to back up, but not okay to start. And then this happens. You just can't do it. So I, I didn't I didn't like hearing that. I'm glad they didn't end up doing that. And uh, it ended up being the right call for sure. Yes. Now, Matt Murray got his ovation from uh, up in the press box. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and that's not taking anything away from him. And I don't want to speculate on why he's ill, what he's ill with, anything like that. And yeah, get some ghost ends going in the chats from the goods. We absolutely... We absolutely love that. Yeah. On a day where the Sens fought hard, they lose 6-4. But call me a hardo, call me whatever. But to me, if you're out with an illness, you should be at the hotel. If you're ill, 
You should be at the hotel. You, you should at the very least at, at, the, at the very least you should be wearing a mask in the press box. No. <laughs> yeah, it's. Confusing. I mean, I'm not trying it's to be again. Not a hardo. I'm not not saying that you know that would make me a hardo, but there is a worldwide pandemic still happening, and he's yeah. not wearing a mask up there. And, and if he's not, if not, he's not well, if he's not you know, well, if, yeah, if you're feeling sick, so that also might be like an indication that there could be something going on that you know we're not privy to um maybe it's not fair for us to speculate about it yet because we really don't know what's going on with matt murray i think one day we'll know and i don't think we'll be as surprised as as we might lead on but again that's there's a time and a place and right here is definitely not the one but (laughs) i did think it was a strange look as his backup was imploding on the ice in front of him that he's giving the wave to the crowd from the press box like he's the queen right going by on on the uh in the limo right like this exactly i I just i didn't i just didn't like the optics of it i didn't think it looked great and then the senators fight back and make it all good in a sense they get i don't want to pile on matt murray either here but there were a few fans who seemed like they went specifically to go watch matt murray play and he wasn't (laughs) even in the lineup so and those are pittsburgh fans so we don't feel too bad for them no we definitely don't feel bad for them how about uh the exchange you tweeted this out at leems martian on twitter uh between tim stutzla and the german fans yeah that that play yeah that was awesome i i didn't even realize that those those candies when i was watching it originally i didn't realize that those are actually from germany so that's haribu gummies yeah so those really caught his eye he said oh Oh, i need to get me some of those (laughs) those are the best yeah they're so good skating around in warm-ups and he, he sees those things he's got to go sign sticks man you could buy a few packs of those cool. yeah you could buy a few packs of those gummies with those 100 percent. so hey it showed a, a good effort and now tim stutzla he's got six goals on the year and five of them have come in the last 11 games so let's hope he's turned a corner because it's frustrating for him you can see how frustrated he is oh, right yeah. and he takes everything so seriously and yeah dan we're never feeling bad for penguins fans but i do feel bad for when tim stutzel's working his tail off out there and the puck's just not bouncing the right way so i thought i thought it was great to see him get one but and somebody pointed this out to me on twitter i want to pull it up give the guy some credit but how tough is it that how here it is uh hunter he wrote in he goes how many times has timmy scored a goal but it's like seven nothing or seven one yeah. and he just doesn't even celebrate yeah remember the ones against edmonton it's yeah. like seven two and you're like oh <laughs> like that's gotta suck that sucks for sure yeah learn to score at an emotional time of the game tim yeah that's that's what it <laughs> figure comes it out to. kid hey yeah, two goals in two matters. games two goals in two games against his idol Sidney crosby and if you heard tim stutzla on the locked on senators yep. podcast he's got a framed crosby jersey signed that from, from his agent, a gift from his agent. So uh, kind of cool aside there as he gets to play against Sidney Crosby for the first time in his career. All right, final thoughts here. We do have Locked On Senators coming up tomorrow. We'll get that out to you as early as we can. Wherever you download your audio podcast, we appreciate you joining us on YouTube for the postcast. You can also find Locked On Senators there all the time. Uh, the slash, yeah, geez. The, this game got a little out of hand at, uh, at the end for sure, but... Um, I did want to mention on a, a last note here, what what do you think about the Sens just going all in on the youth for, for the back end? Because I love JBD's game again tonight. Like this guy is just the personification of calm, cool, and collected. I can't wait to see him when he's 25, 26 years old on the back end. The blue line's not getting any older. Let's just say that hopefully yeah. and if yeah well, hopefully yeah we still have uh, michael delzato dwelling in the minors 
I don't think Holden had an especially good game tonight. No, I mean, especially the first part of the, the first goal was all him. It was all... a it was a mirror image of the first goal in Buffalo. He, yeah, he blocks it and then a quick shot beats Forsberg. Yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden there's a uh, Josh Brown trade rumors swirling. So. <laughs> Ooh. Well, just as we finish up talking about Tim Stutzel as well, again, 17% in the face-off circle. But, like, yeah. between the whistles, he's so good at center. <laughs> but, man, he's got to work on that face-off percentage. However, the same could have been said for Shane Pinto last year, and Pinto dominated in college. So you got to give these kids a little extra time. time. And that's why, wouldn't a Claude Giroux be perfect, who plays the wing but also dominates in the face-off circle? I don't know if you boys saw but Claude Giroux's Philadelphia Flyers just lost their 10th game in a row for oh. the second time this season. They've had two 10 winless game streaks this season. So that's a story that we'll watch for going forward. But Tim Stutzla, 17% the dot, but also eight hits, a career high. So he was throwing his body around in this game as well. Uh, Pilsy, some final thoughts before we take off. And again, tomorrow morning, we'll get right back to it with Locked On Senders. Big weekend ahead as the Senators continue their road trip with back-to-back games this yep. weekend. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll just echo kind of what I said uh, at the start. The, like to put a bow on it for me is the process versus the results here was really satisfying. Like the wins and losses don't mean a whole lot right now. Let's be <laughs> totally honest. But when the Sens are able to put efforts like that and put a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins on their heels after going down 5-1 on, on the road, that's pretty damn impressive and a healthy Pittsburgh Penguins at that no major injuries really slowing them down there so I think that was a big big boost for the boys even though it resulted in an L however Martian would you say that has a bit of what Biz told us as well where once you're at that stage whether it's a season or a game and you're down that much the pressure's completely off yeah yeah Yeah, I feel like this has been like a microcosm of what the Sens are right now right this game was a microcosm of of even the past like 10 days when they were they just beat Alberta right and then all of a sudden they lay two eggs in a row against Buffalo and now Pittsburgh but they they've got 87 combined shots in those days and then all of a sudden you you know you can't really feel bad about it because you know they're, they're they made that comeback happen and um, you know, they did get so many shots against Buffalo. So I think they're definitely still trending in the right direction. This is like a, a weird, frustrating period in the middle of the rebuild here where, you know, they're, they're showing signs of being a good team, but they're just not able to string it together. And so that's why the, the fan base right now is like, we want to win. And like yeah. we should want them to win because they look like they're capable of winning, but they're just not able to always do it every night in a row, right? But so this this is the part of the rebuild where teams add, right? LA added Philip Deno and they, I mean, yeah. they kept Kopitar and Dowdy. They kept some of their big pieces. The Rangers got Panarin. Like these are the time in the rebuild where you go out and get a big fish. Yeah, it's got to be Claude Giroux this summer. I think that this might be like a a good advantage time for Ottawa, like being a team that has a lot of cap space. There's not a lot of teams that have a lot of cap space. I don't know if they're they're willing to eat any money or anything like that, but I think that, you know, the trade market is going to be very interesting. They've got probably two right-hand defensemen that they could shop with Brown and Zaitsev right now. And I think that the trade market is going to be slim in regards to, you know, uh, like, people being able to take on salary for teams that are tied up against the cap and want to make a run and want to add someone who, you know, has a decent contract. I think the, the Sens might be biding their time here and waiting for the trade deadline and putting that pressure on those teams like those Floridas or, or whoever. Uh, but yeah, so um, we'll see what happens. But I think, I think Ottawa's in a good spot. 
Still an entertaining team to watch. I saw on your Twitter, Laleem's Martian put out, don't change the channel when the Ottawa Senators are playing. Don't do it. And don't change the channel when Locked On Senators is feeling it after a game. Although this one, they fought back. They lose 6-4, the final score in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. And we'll break it all down tomorrow on Locked On Senators. We'll also get into a pair of weekend games at Washington at Columbus, what would qualify as a successful weekend? Lots of sense prospects from around junior hockey. The Nodak Sens, they're in action this weekend. So we got a ton to get to. This has been the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast for Laleem's Martian and Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great night, Sens fans. We'll chat tomorrow on the Locked On Senators podcast.